Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, as we do every day. Talk about it, allow it to transform our lives. I hope that's what you're expecting today. You know, the Bible is the Word of God. And when we read it and think about it, pray over it, allow it to penetrate into our soul, we want to never, ever, 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 ever be the same. We've been talking about what makes Christianity different, and really what makes Christianity different is Jesus Christ. And since Easter, we've been looking at the things that are different about Jesus compared to any other religious leader, any other philosophical leader, any other great leader, anywhere, anytime. To recount, we saw how Jesus fulfilled prophecies. No one else has ever done that. We saw how he claimed to be God come in the flesh. Well, there might have been a few others who did that, but no one who had really had any following or anyone believed them. We saw he, how he backed up those claims with amazing miracles that no one else has ever done, including the ultimate miracle of rising from the dead. We saw how Jesus lived a sinless life, those who knew him best, even his enemies, even Pilate and Judas, people who betrayed him turned on him even they realized the man had no sin and he was a, he was a righteous man he was known as a holy spotless lamb of god that's what he was we saw how jesus uh what well, we've seen how jesus died and rose again unlike anyone else what other great religious died religious leader died for you or for others we're not talking about someone who was just a martyr we're talking about someone who voluntarily laid down his life for others, gave his life so that others might have salvation. He was the good shepherd who laid down his life for others. But today I want to talk about something in the life of Jesus. That's something Jesus demonstrates that might surprise you. And maybe indeed all these have surprised you how no one else, no other great religion has done any of these things. No other great religious leader did any of these things. None of them had miracles. None of them claimed to be God. None of them died for you. None of them rose for you from the dead. Not, not Mohammed, not Buddha, not Krishna, not, not Moses, not any of these people did any of these things. But I want to go one step further today. And I want to say something that might surprise a lot of people. And that is I think only Jesus demonstrates that God loves us. Did you know not every religion teaches that God loves us? That's really true, even, even of the big major ones out there. Now, Islam, for instance, may teach God is merciful or that God is benevolent. God, you know, he's, he's nice to those who are good. But the idea of emotionally invested in us, the idea of, like, caring for us, loving us, no. In Islam, it's like a master-to-a-slave relationship. Buddhism doesn't even talk about a relationship with God, and Hinduism is based so much on fear. But in the Christian faith and Judaism and Christianity, we see God as a God who loves, a God who cares, a God whose his emotion is in it. It's not just a hard, cold, well, I love you, so I'm doing the right thing towards you. But there's an emotion, and in Ezekiel it says God was hurt by people's idolatry. God was like a, 
a lover who their a spouse a person who's their spouse had committed adultery on him and that the the feelings and the hurt and the pain as Israel had turned away from God that's how he felt and indeed in the New Testament as well in the book of James you adulteresses James says don't you know friendship with the world is hostility toward God and so our God cares our God loves our God is even vulnerable. That's right. Our God is even vulnerable. That's what it says in Ezekiel 6, 9, I believe it is, where he says that he was hurt. He's made himself vulnerable to us, even though he's the Almighty. Oh, we don't knock him off his throne. We don't cause him to cease being God. But God loves people, and he loves you, unlike any other religion teaches or believes. Let's look at a couple of the ways that Jesus loves us. First of all, I think of Philippians chapter 2. Scripture says that Christ, who although existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being found and being made in the likeness of men. This is, of course, what we remember at Christmas. And we, we, as we said, we can celebrate Easter and the resurrection all year long, and we can celebrate Christmas and the incarnation all year long. But let's never lose sight of the amazing act that Jesus did in, in leaving heaven, leaving the throne of God, being worshipped by God, being worshipped by the angels, being exalted in heaven, and he chose to come to earth. Is there any, has there ever been a time when anyone has ever made a bigger step down. If a king were to become a pauper, this would not be as big of a step down. Indeed, if you or I were to become an ant, that would not be as big of a step down as to go from God to becoming man. Just think, Jesus had, he, he's now in a body. He dwells in a body. He's not, he was uh, uh, able to be omnipresent. Now he's confined in a body. Jesus had to learn. He had to read. He had to understand. He had to grow. He had to grow physically. He had to eat. He had to sleep. If you were to talk to a Muslim and you tell them that Jesus is God come in the flesh, you know the thing that over and again, this really seems to disturb them. Over and again, I've had so many Muslims tell me Jesus can't be God because he, uh, if, if, he, if God became a man, that would mean he had to use the bathroom. And they put it in whatever words they want. And they can't comprehend that a God, the Almighty, would, would have to do something like that. Defecate. But see, this is the amazing thing about Jesus. He became one of us. He became one of us. He, I'm going to add more than that. He probably had an upset stomach at times. He probably didn't feel well. He probably, growing up, maybe some people hurt his feelings. I don't know. But the, 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 the probably had some rejection. Maybe some neighborhood kids in the village made fun of him. And he had, and all of the things that you and I have to go through in life, all the things, maybe he had acne, who knows? Maybe, you know, all these things he had to go through. And he did go through. And why did he go through them? Because he became like one of us. He came near to us. 
And this is this is a demonstration of the of the love of God. You say, well, that it, it, it looked he, again. The Muslims say he, he looked weak there. Absolutely, he did. He took on our weakness. He lived right where we lived. He got down and dirty with us, as we saw yesterday. He was tempted in all the things we are, yet he was without sin. And so he came. He didn't just tell us from afar that he loved us. He didn't just sit up in heaven and tell us he loved us. He came right down here to earth. Sometimes it looks messy. Sometimes it looks like, is that even holy? And we can think of him like, it, we'd rather almost sometimes think of our God as being distant up there in heaven sometimes but we see the love of the love of god in a way that no other religion teaches that jesus came and he not only came down uh, to earth as a man but he took the lowly form he took the form of a servant remember when jesus washed the feet of his disciples this is love this is servanthood he did not come down as king solomon or herod or pilate or Caesar, he came down as a servant, and, and he demonstrated the love of God. Well, obviously, the second way he does it is, is obvious, and that is Romans 5.8. We should all memorize this verse if you haven't already, but God demonstrates his own love for us, or toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Here's where we see that, that God, that Jesus demonstrated love. He didn't just talk about it. This is the thing we've got to remember. He didn't just talk about it. He demonstrated it. And he demonstrated it in the greatest way possible. That at a time we did not deserve it or earn it because we were sinners, he paid the ultimate price. In fact, he says in John chapter 15, greater love has no man than this, or no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus made what we obviously call the ultimate sacrifice. He laid down his life. But notice another word here. Jesus said he did it for his friends. What other religion, what other religion says that God thinks of you as a friend? Did you know other religions don't even say that we're to call God Father? Islam, the second biggest religion in the world, says that that's a terrible sin to call God Father, to call God your Father. And yet, in Scripture, we not only call God Father, but we, he, he says that he gives us the name Abba, like Daddy, a, a very personal term, not just a legal term, you're my Father, but a personal, you're my Abba, you're my Daddy. Jesus said, I call you my friend, Certainly he's the authority. Certainly he's the king. Certainly we follow him. It's not like we're in a peer relationship with Jesus. But the king stepped down, lived among us, was one of us. And he calls us friends. And he says we can call, his, we can call God Abba. There, folks, I'm, I'm telling you, I've studied the other religions of the world. They don't teach this. We who grow, have grown up in the West think, well, it's obvious everybody, every religion teaches that God loves us. It doesn't. Not, that's not true. No other religion teaches God loves us the way Jesus loves us. 
If you grew up as a child being taught, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, you are blessed. And even the, the people who've walked away from it still hold on to this idea that God loves us. I know in my own life, my testimony I've shared before, I assumed God loved me, and he did, but I assumed God loved me kind of because I must have been kind of special or something. No, remember, even while we were yet sinners, God demonstrates his love for us. It's an awesome, it's an awesome religion we have. It's an awesome, it is a relationship-based religion. It really is. We talk about that. That's not just a platitude that says it's more than religion, it's relationship. Other religions don't call people to a love relationship with God. The Christian faith does. What makes our faith different is Jesus. What makes all these things about him, and indeed, even not just the, the prophecies and the sinless life and, the, and how he died and how he rose, those are all part of our apologetic. But let me tell you, something that touches the heart and soul of a person is to believe that God loves you. He says he calls you his friend. He wants you to call the Father Abba. It's an amazing thing. Father, we bless you. Abba, we bless you today. We thank you that we can come to you you are the king. You are the almighty God. We don't doubt that. You're the, you're the all-powerful God. The angels fall at your feet. Lord, if we were to see you face to face, we'd, we'd die as a, we'd fall as a dead man. And yet, Jesus, you've torn the veil. You've opened the door. You've made a way for us to know the Father as our dad. And indeed, Jesus, you call us your friends. We thank you for the way you've shown us your love. Thank you, you became one of us. You walked among us. You, you shared in the same weaknesses we share. You had to face the same difficulties that we face, perhaps the same fears that we encounter, the same sense of mistreatment that we have. In, in all the things, Lord, you were tempted in all the same things we are, and yet you rose above, you conquered, you were without sin. We thank you, you gave your life for us. Jesus, we want to say there's no one like you. There is no other God like you. There's no other religious leader like you. There's no one who's done what you've done. No one who, who said what you said. No one who died and rose again. No one has ever loved us the way you have loved us. We're grateful and we thank you. How we pray today, Lord, for others who don't know this, others who've not ever embraced Christ, who don't know the love of God, who don't know the redemption, the salvation, the forgiveness, the freedom, the joy that comes from knowing God. Father, some of us who listen here, I've been Christians for a long time. Father, it's, it's easy to, maybe easy to forget what it was like when we didn't know you. We didn't know we were forgiven. We didn't know we were loved. But we thank you that we are. And Father, we, we pray for a heart of compassion towards those who don't know this, who've never experienced the goodness, mercy, love, and grace of God in the way we have. How we pray your gospel would, would go forth in our day and save and liberate more and more people, our own loved ones, people we care for, our own family, our neighborhood, our workplace, our schools, and then throughout the world, throughout our country, throughout every country of the world, Lord, throughout India. People come here from India, throughout Europe, people come on this live stream from Europe, Lord, that your gospel might give people life and freedom and salvation and redemption all through the world. Thank you, Father. You're moving, your spirit 
is taking the gospel, the good news to people. We're grateful that we've received it. We bless you today. We love you and we enjoy, we revel in the love of God. We, we receive it today. We receive your love. We don't fight it. We don't resist it. We don't think we don't need it. We open up and we receive your love today. We bless you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, folks, thanks so much for being with me today. Short. Sure.